guys, and welcome back to another episode of your Brains Coach Podcast. My name is Angela Sharina. I'm your host. I'm your Brains Coach. And just someone with a lot of passion for learning and sharing and helping you to learn all the brain tools you can use from all the different fields of integrative health sciences and nutrition and neuroscience and high performance and recovery and all kinds of biohacking protocols, right? I combine all of that and share it with you, applying that to specific situations so you can do your best, feel your best, and look your absolute best. And that's one awesome life experience when you can feel, look, and do your best, right? And you know how to make yourself do that. That's the most important part. We all feel great on some days, but what do you do when you wake up and you're really not feeling like anything at all? And you know you need to show up, you need to smile, you need to You need to present, deliver your best, so you move your life forward on this specific day. Guys, today we are talking about habits, and we're going to touch on um, the habit-building aspects that are either missed by people or misunderstood by people um, or not put into consistent practice. And that's why habit building seems to be so difficult and complicated. When you actually know how habit formation works in the brain and you use this knowledge practically, habit building and habit breaking is really easy. Today's about habit building. You know, I'm more of a, a fan of a notion that If you build the habits that you like, that you want in your life, there are going to be very little left for the habits that you don't like. In fact, quitting habits works best by substitution. And so I'm more a fan of an idea, well, if you do this habit instead, let's say um, meditating and doing night routine at night instead of sitting by TV and eating a bunch of food that you don't need, Like, if you do that habit instead, there's going to be no time for that other thing that you don't want to do. And yes, there are going to be thoughts arising about that. But the more you do this other routine, then quitting habit will become obsolete. After a while, your brain, just like with any other action or habit, will forget about that action. You know, I used to overeat and binge out sometimes on unhealthy foods, sometimes unhealthy foods, quite regularly some years ago. I felt like I needed this release, this relaxation. And then I learned stress management techniques and emotional regulation techniques, and I started practicing them, practicing them, and practicing them. And after a while, this overeating habit just fell off, like some like old, I don't know, skin right? I didn't work on quitting it. It just fell off because now I knew how to regulate my emotions. I knew how to manage my stress. And that need to release with food, it never arrived. And so now for me, I haven't overeaten for, I don't even remember how long. Like even during holidays, I don't feel like I need food to reward myself. Like I might eat a piece of chocolate or a piece of cake when I go out for dinner or something, right? 
but I don't feel like I need to eat all out and because it's holiday, just stuff myself with candy. I'm like, why? I'm feeling good. Like, why would I do that? Eating a lot of candy does not make me feel good. Like maybe a piece of candy. Yeah, it's okay. But anyhow, so the point of this rant is quitting habits is actually quite easy when you work on creating new habits. That's why I'm always, when I'm working with my clients, I'm like, let's create this habit, this practice that will, whether you believe it or not, cancel out the habit that you don't want to have in your life. And that happened to a few of my clients who wanted to quit drinking alcohol. And we started working on their healthier habits, on their sleep, on their emotional regulation, on uh, their social life, and um, also anxieties and managing self-talk. And after a while, they didn't feel like they needed that alcohol to relax or feel okay in social situations. And let's now get to the practical aspect of habit building and how it actually works much better. And you don't have to struggle that much when you know how it actually works. Number one, ground zero. It's all about environment, guys. It's your environment is something that your brain picks up on all the time. The people you surround yourself with, the books you read, the foods you put put in your fridge, where you walk in a supermarket, it's all your environment, like what surrounds you. And so when it comes to building habits, people who are great at building habits, and I'm one of those people, we are great at creating the environment that helps us to do the habits that we want to do easy and it also makes things that we don't want to do harder. So let me explain. I know I used to have weakness around sweets. So to rewire this habit, besides learning stress management techniques, besides learning emotional regulations, what I did is I eliminated all the sweets from my environment. Now you might say, but I don't live alone. I can't just tell everyone to, for example, take the sweets out of the house. Well, yes and no. First of all, most people are so much better without sweets around the house. It doesn't mean you tell them not to eat, but it means like, well, if you decide to go for a cake, maybe go to a coffee house and enjoy it together in a nice company. You're not going to be, you know, ordering a whole cake there, obviously. And when you get home, you're not going to have anything to finish off, to overeat, right? Um, Another thing is when I lived with roommates, for example, or my partners, or my parents even, it was okay for me to have their sweets in the house. But because I didn't buy them and they bought them for themselves, I didn't feel, for example, personally that it was right to eat that. And so I didn't buy any for myself. And I didn't know, you know, where candies were, like they were not just laying around everywhere. And that's how I never felt uh, this, you know, urge or temptation to get those sweets because they were not mine. It's like taking somebody else's stuff, right? So that, for example, worked for me beautifully. It didn't matter whether I lived alone with partners, with roommates, with my parents. Because, again, I didn't buy the sweets. So um, I didn't have any what my parents or siblings or roommates or partners had that was none of my business. Um, So environment, that's, you know, about food. If you want to start exercising, put your exercise stuff out. Have your workout clothes like I do out and ready to go so you don't have to search like where are my socks, where are my shirts, where are my t-shirts. It sounds simple. 
It sounds not that important, but it actually is. Your workout, especially if you are a beginner, already is an effort for your brain. And so now you, if you have to think about a million things to prepare to go and work out or start your workout at home, that's just going to make it so much more complicated and you're going to feel like you're wasting time and you're wasting energy before even starting working out. Compared to if your trainers, if your sneakers were right there in your side with socks stuck in them, I literally do that. It just saves a lot of time. And then your t-shirt and shirt that you're about to use, it's somewhere, you know, either first hanger in your uh, wardrobe or it's somewhere on the chair and just put it on and you're ready to go. It takes literally no time, no effort. That's a completely different picture. And that's what actually people who are great with their routines around certain things, because we usually don't have everything covered. That's what they do. They, when they talk about running, for example, running every day, I don't run, I just exercise and I walk and do cardio and training. But when people say running is easy, it's because their shoes are right there and then and their shirts and their t-shirts are also right there and it takes literally like a minute to put it all on and get, be out of the door. So make it easy what you want to do, make it hard what you don't want to do. If you have a very specific situation, you know, there are millions of situations, then please uh, reach out, Angela at brainbreakthroughcoach.com and I'll help you to work through that specific situation, how to make it super, super easy and not doing, how to make not doing it actually hard. So this is the first aspect of building habits easy. People who are great with building habits, they put the attention to their environment first. How do I make the thing that I want to do easy and effortless? And how do I make the things that might be opposing that hard or impossible? For example, if you order takeout all the time, well, delete all the takeout apps and all the credit card information for a while from your phone. And it's going to be, it's going to feel so much harder to now like search for apps or for websites and putting in your credit card in for when the next time you have the urge to order. Believe me, this works. I tried it in so many ways. That's why I never installed like delivery apps except for my groceries, etc. And it just makes ordering for me such a pain in the ass. I'm like, even if I want to order, it will take me like another hour to just do all the details for searching where to order, what to order, and then put in all the like paying payment information. So you get the idea. Reach out if you need help. Number two is installing triggers and reminders. And it all kind of also about environment. Triggers meaning prompts in your environment. So when it comes to working out, you got to put your clothing out there and that's going to be a trigger. Every time you see it, you remember, ah, I want to work out. Ah, I need to work out. Ah, I need to work out, right? That's the trigger. And the mastery aspect here is make them hot. And hot means put them where you are you, where you can and will take action. So if you want to eat healthy food, obviously it should be ready to go in your fridge first thing if you want to eat, for example, more vegetables, right? Or if you want to eat more protein, make it available, make it ready to go, make it right there. And every time you see it, you're going to remember, oh, I need more protein or I need to eat more veggies or I need to eat more of that. So triggers. Or for example, if you need to eat healthier if you want to eat healthier for dinner, then right before having dinner, have an alarm on your phone. It's going to pop up and say something like healthy dinner, right? 
And this is a hot trigger because you're about to have dinner and you have the reminder right then and there that you need to make healthy choices. So triggers and reminders. Have pictures for your goals in your house, especially the ones that really matter and the ones that are really hard. Have pictures. Now, I'm in Brazil, my new place. Haven't done that yet, but that's what I'm going to... This is kind of like the project to be done by the end of this year. So it's either this weekend or next weekend. And... I put these reminders, these pictures about things that I want to do so they're on the top of my mind all the time and I wake up and I see them and every day I see them and it becomes almost impossible to not work on them because they're always in your eyes and what are what is in your eyes, like what you look at consistently, that's what you're going to pay attention to and take action on. So triggers and reminders and make them hot, again, triggers especially. Hot meaning put them there and then when you can and will take this action. And the third aspect is starting small. And here, a lot of people really don't get why it's so crucial and so important. Number one, when you have a lot of things in your life, we all do, and a lot of challenges and stress and just a lot of things to think about, putting in that schedule, in your life, something big and overwhelming, you will feel resistance right away. The reason why, your brain senses it's a lot, it's big change, and you already have a lot to do, and it requires, it will require a lot of energy, and your brain is so stingy about energy. Your brain always wants to save energy because, well, Brain is also selfish. It's one, it's the most energy consuming organ in the body. It consumes more than 20% of your energy and resources. But then also, your brain's primary purpose is to make sure you do not run out of energy. Because if you do run out of energy, you die quite literally. Every single process from breathing to metab to any source of like hydration, breathing, cellular metabolism, removing waste, uh, absorbing nutrients, eliminating unnecessary stuff from the body, it all requires energy. You even need energy to create energy. So when even the process of breathing needs initially needs energy so your brain's primary purpose is to track that energy and make sure you don't run out of it so you survive and the best way to do it is to save 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 as much as you can and prevent energy wasting because the environment is uncertain so it's always better to save 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 that's how your brain works guys and that's why when you try to start something big your brain will resist it with all of its the power trying to find excuses in your brain by the way knows you the best so it will find the best kind of excuses and they will all sound very legit and if you don't want this resistance psychologists figure out a way to go around that a long time ago and that calls starting small um also it's in japanese it's actually called kaizen small improvement but consistent and the reason why small is so important again That's how you go around that brain resistance and increased anxiety and stress and worries. So starting small, important for that reason, to feel less resistant. And again, we have complex lives. Beginning of the year, you probably already have a lot to do. So if you have a bunch of new habits and you decided to go all out, all in, 
and make them really intense, like you're gonna fail. And now the second aspect of second of starting small and failing. To do to build new habit, to do something challenging, to do anything really, we require dopamine. Dopamine is the molecule of action. It's needed to create any sort of action, whether that's physical movement or uh, working on your presentation. So dopamine is needed for all of that to happen. Again, dopamine is the molecule of action, of drive, of craving, of motivation for action, right? The thing about dopamine is the next one. When you fail to achieve whatever it is you want to achieve, whether that's sticking with your habits, your plan, or getting, I don't know, food, or getting paid, whenever this happens, your dopamine levels drop. And they drop because, well, you didn't get the reward. And for your brain, it means, well, I've just wasted a bunch of energy. And energy is very, very important. So let's let us drop dopamine for action to kind of be quiet for a while. Don't do much. Don't waste more energy. And for sure, probably not approach this specific action that was a total waste of time. Now, we have a lot of things to learn about the brain. But what we know is that failing to achieve result does cause this drop in dopamine for one reason or the other. It seems that, you know, preservation of energy is always the main reason. And what happens when you decide to go all intense and you inevitably fail, your levels of dopamine drop. And what happens then? Your motivation levels drop. And you want to do that action even less and less and less. Not because you're incapable, but you bring literally says, you know, this thing didn't work out. Let's stop wasting energy there. Let's do something else. And you feel this down moment and you're wanting to restart this hard thing, but your dopamine is below your base level for that thing and in general. And that's why starting small is so crucial. Now, what happens if you start small and you succeed and succeed and succeed, your dopamine level will rise and rise and rise. And we'll get, because you will succeed, you will get results, you will get results, you will succeed. And your brain is like, ah, we're getting somewhere, we're getting progress. It's not a waste of time and energy. It's not a waste of resources. So by starting small and setting yourself up for success, especially at the beginning, what you're going to do, you're going to build up this level of dopamine and you're going to get more energy for action and you're going to want to do more and more and more instead of less and less and less. When we are rewarded and completing our plans is a psychological psychologically rewarding. When we are rewarded, we get more energy for doing the same thing. That's how if you do certain action and let's say your friend or your partner reward it with nice words, with attention, that's also how kids work, right? If you reward certain things and reward, they will do more and more and more of that. And the same happens to you when you start small. You succeed, it's a psychological reward, and you want to do more and more and more. And that's the whole point. You want to continue, not discontinue. And that's why starting small is so freaking important. You want to set yourself up for success that will build up your levels of dopamine, your levels of motivation, and your levels of 
energy for action. And that's what we want if we want to build habits for life, or at least for a long period of time. And don't forget, guys, that if you want to continue doing your habits, you have to acknowledge your wins. So when you do your habit, let's say you ate this healthy meal, whoo, you know, make yourself feel good. Like, yeah, I accomplished that. I just did this. I just nailed this. You did a workout, no matter how small, you did it, you planned it, celebrate it. Whoo, again, right? That's like this, you know, sound creates a really good feeling. I mean, that's why I do it. But uh, Tony Robbins call it make a power move. Whatever makes you feel good, whatever you can do consistently, really fast, it has to happen in about like next 20 seconds when you finish the action. That's very important for your brain to associate reward to feeling good with the specific action, right? That important. So reward yourself with this feeling. Start small to actually succeed. And you'll dopamine levels will rise, your motivation levels will rise, your energy levels will rise, and you will build up on top of that. Build up, build up, build up. And in a year, this will compound, like a compound interest by like a lot. And you'll be surprised how far you can go by starting small, succeeding, never stopping, going continuously, for the whole year with this habit, instead of going intense, quitting, going intense, quitting, going intense, quitting. And very often that's how we people don't get anywhere with specific goals. So let's recap how to build habits this year better, right? So you actually do build them and stick with them. Number one, the question of quitting habits, what seems to work much, much better Take it from my more than a decade practice with people, but also from psychology and neuroscience, behavioral science research. What works bad, best is substitution of habits that you don't want to do with something that you want to do, preferably enjoyable or at least somewhat enjoyable. And don't forget to celebrate that good habit to make it more enjoyable, right? So build habits that you want that cancel the habits that you don't want. Like for me was learning stress management and emotional regulation to stop overeating. I never really focused on stopping overeating. What I fo- that actually, I did focus that before I succeeded, but it never worked. And so and then I focused on the things like stress management and emotional regulation, and it worked like magic. And now I understand why, but back then I didn't, and it still worked. Next one, easy, hard. So make sure that you look in your environment first and that your environment is everything that surrounds you. That can be your house. And that's a very important environment where you spend a lot of time. That can be your workplace. That can be your friend circle. That can be podcasts you listen to, books you read, um, music, your well, music, maybe not so much, although it, it, it does change how you feel. All the environment around you. Make sure that it makes the habits that you want to build easy. So prepare, uh, organize everything. So what you want to do is easy. And what you don't want to do is super hard, like deleting all the delivery apps from your phone. Number two, triggers hot in and reminders. Example, you want to have healthy breakfast, lunch, dinner, assuming that you already prepared all the foods. Every time before your breakfast, lunch, dinner, the, uh, the reminder, the alarm will pop up saying healthy dinner or healthy lunch. Just don't forget to make triggers hot so you can take action right then and there. Not like you put a reminder in the beginning of the day and eat healthy and then you forgot about it by your breakfast. 
So those kind of triggers don't work. And the last one, start small. Kaizen, constant, never-ending improvement. And it works for a couple of very important reasons. Number one, it allows you to disengage, to turn off this alarm in your brain that says, are we about to waste and spend a lot of energy, unexpected, alarm, 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 right? So this stress response, this anxiety response to your new habits, you want to turn it off and you do that by starting small because that doesn't feel like a lot of investment from your brain's perspective. And then the second thing, if you set up yourself for success with small actions, you're going to build up the levels of dopamine, your motivation, your energy, and that will help you to succeed more and more and more and move beyond your own expectations. And don't forget to celebrate your small wins, like making the habit happen. One healthy meal, whoo! One workout, whoo! Make a power move. And that's how you also stimulate dopamine release and your brain will start associate reward and uh, good feelings with that specific action. And it will release more dopamine to take this action. After a while, you will almost crave this action like I do, for example, for my workouts. And that's about it, guys. If you have any questions about habit building or how to act in your specific situation like maybe you've been you've been struggling with this specific habit for a while and you want to substitute it or you just don't want to do like how do you go about that please reach out angela at brainbreaktocoach.com and i'll help you out um if anything i'm a master of building habits like even from day one, it doesn't matter what I do. I just know how to set up myself for success. And so I feel like I never fail in my habits. And that comes from research, from science, and from practice. So reach out, Angela, at brainbreakthroughcoach.com. Let's build those habits. Re-listen to this podcast again and again and again so you really get what it means and how to successfully build new habits that will successfully build results in any area of your life. Please do review this episode, not this episode, but this podcast, raters on iTunes, on any platform, just put some stars, something that you can to help this podcast to spread really good information and advice, share it with friends. Also, teach it to other people. When we teach it, we get to learn it twice, we remember it better, and we feel like now that it's something that I teach, I got to leave it, right? Otherwise, I'm kind of not aligned with my own values. So, teaching others what you learn is a very powerful trick for your brain to really start leaving the information that you receive. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Appreciate your energy and attention and talk to you soon. Friday is going to be our guest high performance episode. You're going to love it. So stay tuned. Until next time, get out there, build those habits.